Welcome to Save the Cowboy. This is Pastor Kevin Weatherby, and I invite you to saddle up and ride with us as we strike a trot to the backside of God's green pastures and learn how to live for Him. Whenever I lived in Texas, there was a good friend of mine. His name was Johnny. And I, Johnny was... Every, every town, every community has its Johnny. I guess y'all know Johnny. I haven't even said a word yet. Johnny was one of these guys that, uh, man, he had the coolest toys. He had the arena at his house. Man, it didn't just have the chute. It had the automatic, pneumatic, semi-automatic, I don't know what you call them, where it opened the gate for you and closed the gate for you and, and do all this stuff. And I mean, he didn't just have the arena, he had the announcer stand, and they had real toilets underneath them. It was cool. He had a 30-section uh, ranch outside of town where he ran uh, some Corrientes cattle and, and stuff like that. He had nice pickups, the crew cabs, and uh, he had real nice trailers. Does anybody want to guess what kind of trailer he had? Living quartered horse trailer, that's right. That's right. With the slide out. Now we're getting real fancy. Got the slide out. Even Johnny had a chuck wagon. It was like a brand, a brand new handmade. I'm saying it wasn't an old one. And so you, you just remember what I said? Every town has its Johnny. Johnny gets his new chuck wagon and he is just like. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. So he goes and gets two of his saddle horses, puts them in there. He's like, where does this thing go? He don't even know. Hooks up his saddle horses and they're just sitting there. And he gets up there and he goes, man, I bet they'll be fine. We're like, yeah, <laughs> go for it. You've got three guesses what happened when he went, yeah. Things started rattling and things started bouncing and them two horses went, whoa, and they took off. And you could hear Johnny, oh, oh. And he was trying to turn them and they turned real sharp. <laughs> turned that chuck wagon right over. And then the horses stopped. Johnny gets up and he looks around and he goes, whoa. So we unhooked the horses. I said, Johnny, why did you tear up your new wagon? He said, well, it was fun. <laughs> Everybody's got their Johnny. We would go day work for Johnny, and, and he was really, really great to work for. He would feed you three meals while you were there. Fortunately, you had all three at 8.30 that night when you got in. He did have some light coffee for breakfast. He did have some light windmill water for lunch. And he did have a light supper, usually out of a silver can, and it wasn't green beans, if you know what I mean. Johnny was always good to work for. But one day I was out working with Johnny, and he was going to be selling some steers. We got in there, and uh, me and Johnny's dad and another fella 
They said, go back the truck up over there. So we were backing the truck up, and they were sorting some steers out. And this one steer guy on the hook bad, he was chasing everybody up the fence. And I mean, they were bailing over it and everything. And it was pretty comical. And I was standing over there just watching, just kind of laughing a little bit. <laughs> and uh, Johnny's dad and uh, another cowboy was sitting there, and they were visiting and the guy that was there to buy the cattle, we're going to call him Tyler White, and everybody watching from Fort Stockton will know exactly who I'm talking about, even though I switched his name. And I'm sitting there, and Johnny's dad and the other guy are sitting there visiting, they're kind of laughing about some stuff, just waiting, because they're going to bring them down this alley. And Tyler looks over at Johnny's dad, who's probably 65, 70 years old, and tells him, you know, this would be a lot easier if y'all would shut the up. And I was like, uh-oh. There's going to be a killing around here. But I guess they didn't hear him, or hear him. But I heard him, and it made me mad, because I was raised that you respected your elders. And you didn't talk like that, and my blood pressure got a little bit high. And they're in there, and they're trying to sort this one steer. They cannot get this one steer out of there. He's running everybody up the fence, and I kind of watched for you know just a minute or so. And I thought, you know what? I better get in there, and I better uh, see if I can help out. I mean, they had like four or five cowboys, and they were all on foot, you know. We just thought, you know, here's all these uh, steers, we're just going to run them up in this alley, put them on the trailer, and then we're going to go gather. Well, this steer's running everybody up, so I climb over the, the first gate, and I, or the first fence, and I walk across the alley, and I get in the other deal, and I get in there, and I'm going to try to do that old rodeo clown, you know, the bait deal where you run and the, and the steer follows you. And I get in there, and little did I know at this time, Tyler, who's buying the cattle, had told those other guys, let's just let it just simmer down, let's just take a break, let it calm down. Well, I didn't know that because they were over there by where that Coke machine is back there. So I get in, and I'm walking across there, and that steer is still looking at them, and I'm about halfway across, and I'm thinking, man, each step, I'm getting further away from the fence. And then... Tyler sees me. I was there. I wasn't getting paid. I was just helping. And Tyler looks at me and he says, Go find a sandbox kid and play in it and leave the cattle work to the men. And if he thought that steer was mad, he'd never seen a scrawny white cowboy. I walked over there, walked right across that deal, and I climbed a fence where there was a nice mesquite pile, and I grabbed me up a baseball-sized piece of mesquite, and I went after Tyler. Well, Johnny got to me first, and Johnny got in front of me. He's like, hang on, hang on. I heard what he said. He said, you can do whatever you want to, but let me get my check first. really argue with that. As much as I wanted to beat the tarnation out of this fella, that was going to be a pretty handsome check he got. So I made a deal with Johnny. I was just going to back off for a second till Johnny got his check. And I was over there and I was a fuming. I was standing there like Muhammad Ali behind this little building with my stick, just waiting. 
for this guy to get loaded up. And finally, they got loaded up. He said he didn't want that steer, so they put another one in there, and they ran them all up. And Tyler, he pulls around, and then he stops, and he gets out of the truck, and Johnny walks up there, and he keeps him on this side. And I'm back here, and he keeps him on this side of the truck. And he's doing this and everything. Tyler, he pulls out his checkbook, and he starts writing. And Johnny's sitting there. And behind his back, Johnny's going. <laughs> patting him on the back. Yeah! Yeah! And I still got my stick. I was dead serious. And so anyway, Johnny's sitting there, and I learned this part later. Johnny said, once he got his check, he turned around and looked at me. And I didn't know this part till uh, later on in the day. Johnny said, you ever heard that saying, speak softly and carry a big stick? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, you're fixing to know it a lot better. <laughs> and here I come. And Tyler turns around and he had seen me eyeballing him. And he jumps in his truck and he takes off. And I take my stick and I throw it at his truck. What else was I going to do? It bounces off the back of the trailer and the rest of the day, every time I turned around, cowboy had a stick. <laughs> I wanted to beat about five more cowboys with sticks after that was over with. Everybody got a Johnny. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about what are you, what are you praying for? What are you praying for? Are your prayers about what you want from God or about what God wants from you? In Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells us that we should be worried about and what we shouldn't. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus gives us, He's like, man, this is what you need to be worried about and this is what you don't need to be worried about. Do your prayers basically consist of some nice words that you think God will like? And then your shopping list starts. Lord, I'd like an arena with some announcer stand with some real toilets underneath. About a 30-section ranch. Living quartered horse trailer, not just anyone with a slide out. Full-size bathroom in there. Trailers. A house in town, a house out of town. Lord, this is what would make me happy because you said you'd give me the desires of my heart. Let's get after it, Lord. In your name I pray, amen. I mean, seriously, that's what some people's, uh, that's what some people's prayers are like. They try to throw in some nice fancy words in the beginning. Dear Heavenly, Most Gracious Father, uh, yeah, Lord, I need a better job and a bigger house and... You know, they, they just go. Are, are you more concerned about what God, what you want from God or what God wants from you? In Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Jesus says, Then He said to them, Look out! Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Let me read that part one more time just in case... I was going a little too fast for you. We ever have that problem? <laughs> Everybody's like, spit it out, cowboy, spit it out. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. 
Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. In other words, your life is not valued on how much crud you got stashed away in the barn. Life does not mean good, a good life isn't how full your closet is of that, that your closet. <laughs> You know what I mean. Y'all speak blah I know Tom Walters does. I've heard him speak it. We have conversations like that. Your self-worth, the value of your life, does not raise with the amount of stuff you got. But yet, that's what we do. We want that better job so we can have bigger toys. We want this so we can have that. Jesus Himself says, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance. I'm going to quit reading that. <laughs> in an abundance of possessions. You know, I used to be really, really jealous of Johnny and his toys until I figured out I'd just let him pay for everything, I'd just go use them all. <laughs> Doug Hewlett just shook his head like, yeah, that's what I'd do. <laughs> that cowboy's got it figured out. Are you praying for your own comfort? In Luke chapter 12, 29 through 31, Jesus says, and do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Listen to this part. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need Him. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Our prayers have become about us instead of about God. But seek first the kingdom, and everything else will be given to you. God knows what you need. You don't have to sit there and pray and say, You know what, my God, I just... Whew, getting a little tired of these ramen noodles. Because I know some cowboys in here that's made a living off of ramen noodles. I didn't get this skinny for nothing. <laughs> but Jesus says, and do not set on your do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. What is that saying? It's saying if you'll make God first, you ain't got to worry about the rest. And how many people in here, whether you're watching on the internet or sitting in here, how many people would like to not worry about the rest? I'll go ahead and raise my hand. But seek first the kingdom of God and the rest will be given to you. What is your worst fear? A lot of people don't like to think about that. What is your worst fear? Dying? Losing a child? Losing a parent? Going hungry? Being homeless? What's your worst fear? Skinny cowboy with a big stick? <laughs> it should be. That's where we're going with this. Jesus said, no, Jesus didn't say be afraid of skinny cowboy with a big stick. Jesus tells us exactly what we should be afraid of in verses 4 and 5 of Luke chapter 12. 
He says, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. If you need me to put that in layman's terms, it says you need to fear God. Because I may be able to beat the tarnation out of you with a big stick, but once you're dead, it's done. Jesus says, don't worry about what happens to your body. Worry, to, worry about what happens to your soul. But I guarantee you, 99.99100... That, that is a... I think that's a number. How many people wake up every day and go, Oh God, don't let me fail you. And they get those butterflies in their stomach because they're so scared that they're going to fail God today. No, we're worried about all that rest of that stuff, right? But Jesus says, seek God first, and the rest will be given to you. If we have one fear, Jesus said, it should be of being afraid of disappointing God. Are you afraid of disappointing God? Are you afraid if you were to die right now? What would happen to you? Jesus says, Fear him who after your body has been killed has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Fear that hombre. And I don't mean that in a, in a disrespectful way. But we do need to have a great reverence and fear for the Lord. Because if you don't, you got a problem. So we've talked about, what, what are you praying for? Is it all about us? Is it all about how many toys we can get? How, how our comfort level is, is, is the way, you know, okay, if I've got this many possessions and that means I've got a good life. Jesus says, that don't make a good life. What are you praying for? What's the reason? Be afraid of God. So how do we pray for the right reasons? Y'all know that I'm real big in application. I'm not going to leave you hanging with just a bunch of stuff not to do. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to pray for. And you can remember this real easy with the word fold. F-O-L-D. That does not mean when your mayor has a cult. <laughs> not that fold. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. See, what do I know? What do I know? Once again, Tom thought it was funny. F-O-L-D. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus Christ said, when you go to your Father, go like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then he gets into the application part. He has done nothing but worship his Father in this, our Father. And then he gets into asking for what is important. He says, F, as in fold, F, forgive us our trespasses. See, you can't get forgiveness anywhere else besides God. You can't go by down at the Wally World... You can't get it out of a vending machine. Kiowa Pizza Place ain't got it on the menu. 
The only place you can receive forgiveness is from God. But yet, how many of us really, truthfully, that's the first thing we ask for. God, forgive me for what I've done. F is in fold. We need to be asking God for forgiveness. The second thing we need to ask for is the O. And forgive others. Others who trespass against us. Man, if he didn't start out hard, we're neck deep in it now, ain't we? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Is there somebody you need to forgive today? That doesn't mean that you're justifying and you're going to say, all right, you know what you did to me? That's fine. It ain't fine. But you're handcuffed when you don't forgive somebody. They're out there doing whatever they want to do, and you're the one that's locked yourself in a cell. Jesus says, reach around there and I'll give you the key and you can unlock it. Let it go. F is in fold, forgive. O, forgive others. L, lead us not into temptation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. Yet we're following a lot of other paths. What we need to do is do like Jesus did. And Jesus said, lead us. Jesus said, whenever the disciples, when He called them, He said, follow me. We're following a lot of things in this old world, except the thing that we should be following. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. D. F-O-L-D. Deliver us. Save us. Folks, you can't get that anywhere else. Only Jesus Christ. I don't care how good of a fellow you are. I don't care how much you do for the community. I don't care how much you give to the 4-H. I don't care how much you give to the Kiwanis Club or anything like that. There's only one way into heaven and that is Jesus Christ. But a lot of people are relying on themselves. Well, I ain't never killed nobody. So? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Only God can do these things. If you want to know what to pray for, and I'm not saying that this is all you've got to pray for. You need to pray for what God is laying on your heart. But if you need a starting point of how to start following God, you can just use the fold method. Forgive us, forgive others. Lead us. That means you've got to follow. Because a lot of people, God's leading and you're like, yeah, I know God. I'm not going to follow Him down that path because that's a hard life. It is a hard life. You'll go behind enemy lines. That's right where He's going to lead you. Only God can do these things. Pray for the things only God can do. Not what will be convenient for you. Remember, seek first the kingdom of God. And the rest will be given to you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask for your forgiveness right now. And Lord, we ask for help and forgiving that person or that circumstance that's kept us shackled for so long, Lord. Give these people, whether they're watching on the internet or sitting in here, give them the courage to let it go and to forgive themselves, to forgive others, not to say that it's okay, just to forgive. Lord, we ask that you lead us and you give us the guts to follow. And Lord, we ask for deliverance from evil. 
Because most assuredly, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And it's in your name that we all pray. Amen. You know, this old world is full of tough trails and scary switchbacks. Our prayer is that God spoke to you today through his word. If you heard God talking to you, just get on the internet and visit us at SaveTheCowboy.com. We're trying to reach every corner of the globe wherever there might be a cowboy or cowgirl that needs to hear God's word in a way that they can understand. But we can't do that without your support. You can become a saddle partner with us at our website, www.SaveTheCowboy.com or contact us at 303-621-0133. Get out there and do what God's telling you to do. This program was brought to you by Western LLC, facility development for the oil and gas and aviation industries across the western United States. Reach them at westernllc.net. Also by the good folks at Integrity Auto Repair in Kiowa, Colorado, and Comanche Creek Enterprises. Contact them today for no-till drilling and burrowing rodent control.